I was recently asked by a friend, how do I create stability in the business? In other words, how do you make money ongoing to sustain yourself? Now, of course, that's not an easy question to answer because there's so many variables. There's so many things to consider. It depends highly on so many different factors. But it got me thinking about, well, what are some core principles that I can offer to anyone for any business, if possible? And I came up with three, I guess, core concepts to think about. Um, I don't know if it can apply to absolutely every business. Most likely that isn't the case, but I suspect that it can apply to many businesses. So in this episode, I want to share what I shared with her and um, hopefully it can be helpful to you. So when you start a business, you know, there's a few goals in mind, uh, but the main goal is, well, to make money. And it's worth thinking about money a little bit more, though, than just, quote unquote, make money. You know, uh, the idea of making money basically means, okay, well, do you want to make a million dollars? Do you want to, you know, make a certain amount of money to make a living, you know, each month? Um, yeah, like, like how much money do you want to make and how often do you want to make it? And I won't get into this too much yet, but another question that you should ask is how much time are you willing to give up to make that money? So for instance, I don't think I'm willing to give up 24 hours a day for 10 years to make $1 million after that, those 10 years. Like, you know, like there's people who would say like, look, you know, I worked night and day on my startup for 10 years and then we finally sold it for a million dollars. You know, that's certainly possible. You know, and I will also go as far as saying like, I don't think I'll be willing to do that for even five years. You know, that's, that's a little bit more sort of uh, acceptable, I would think. That I think most people would say 10 years, nah, but five years, okay. But even at five years, I don't think I will personally feel comfortable spending so much time just to make $1 million after those five years because, you know, I've always joked about this with friends when we talk about stuff like this. As soon as you spend $1 of a million, you're really, like, you're already not a millionaire anymore. Now you have 900 thousand nine hundred and ninety nine whatever dollars left so uh, you know to me it it isn't worth it but to others it might be you know they might say well look five years of super hard work get a million dollars take that million dollars invest it into uh, real estate Um, if you already have a plan on what to do with that million dollars to make more and the risk isn't super, super high, then, hey, it might be worth 
giving up your time in exchange for that. So I don't want to go into time too much, but that is an important variable when considering all the other answers that you have to come up with to the questions like how much money do you want to make, how much time you want to spend making it, um, and how often do you want to make it. So the first thing I will uh, recommend thinking about and um, just really considering is personal finance. So personal finance is probably the biggest thing I would say it's the most important because I think it applies to whether you are a business owner or not, and no matter what age you are. Personal finance is just, you know, how do you manage your money? Do you know how to manage your money? Do you understand, you know, how you feel when it comes to money? Do you have particular spending habits that are unhealthy? Um, It's not that easy. When it comes to the psychology of why you spend money and what you spend it on. But if you can even just master it a little, just understand your personal finance a little, it will make a big change. That's what's great about personal finance. Just learning a little bit about it can make a huge change in your life overall. I have an episode on personal finance. It's actually... The first episode I've done on this podcast, it's called How to Never Be Broke Again. You can listen to it um, by scrolling down in whatever streaming service you're listening to. And uh, it's 10 minutes. uh, And I talk about what you can do if you get paid every two weeks from a regular job. Um, So the concept is around someone who already has a job or who, who already has ongoing income. But... That's something that you need to really understand because who says that if you make $50,000 a day that you won't spend most of it three months from now? You know, some of the things that consist of when understanding personal finances, you know, what are your expenses? How do you do you even know that you should lower your expenses as much as possible? That should always be your goal without, of course, uh, you know, diluting the quality of your life. So you don't want to like, you know, uh, I don't know, live in the worst neighborhood possible for the sake of lowering your expenses on rent. You know, that 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 wouldn't be a good thing. So there has to be some balance. But that's one of the components of personal finance. And if you don't even understand that or even think about that, then that's a clear indicator that you should probably start with personal finance, understanding that first before you think about how do you get a business to create X amount of dollars per month. Because again, I can hear someone arguing, why do I have to learn personal finance when I can just make you know a million dollars and then hire a personal Uh, finance advisor and have them do that work. I think the argument against that is best saved for a different episode. But briefly, I would just say that's a mindset issue and that's a, 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 because it's based on probability. You have to base your decisions on probability 
most of the time. Sometimes you have to take huge risks that has a low probability of working out. But most of the time, no. Most of the time, you should take risks that aren't so high and that have, and, and, and that the decision has a higher probability of working out than not. So only rarely you should always go the super risky route. And so when someone says, oh, I can just make a million dollars and just hire, you know, a financial advisor, it's like, okay, but what if you don't make the million dollars? And the thing is, the likelihood of you making a million dollars is really low. You might, and then again, this can go back and forth for days. Someone might say, well, there's a lot more millionaires now than ever before. It still doesn't mean that the likelihood is higher. Maybe I can say, fine. The likelihood is higher than it was 10 years ago, but it's still not higher than the alternative, which is not making a million dollars. So anyways, again, that's a good topic that can be discussed for a different episode. But back to the three things I told this person about how to create a stable business. So the first one is personal finance. The second one, which this is where I think may not be that easy for every company to do, um, but it's, it's, if you can find a way to do it, I, I think it would be really useful. And that is turning your customers into companies as opposed to consumers. So when I first started businesses, I wanted to make a product for people. I wanted to sell to people directly. I said, man, this would be a good thing that people would want and, they, and that they would buy. And I, my company will sell this to people. And I guess because those type of products and services and, and businesses and the, the startups and apps, whatever you want to call it or whatever you're doing, those are a little bit more cooler, more fun to do because you're dealing with people directly. But you'll find, and I think anyone who's built an app and, or a business that deals directly with people, is that you know people are kind of complicated and they're not going to spend a lot of money on stuff um, unless you're Apple and, you, and you've convinced people over the years to spend you know, $500 on an Apple Watch or $300 on headphones. I mean, that's actually really hard to do. And the thing with people is that you need to create something that's scalable, meaning you need to create something that a lot of people are going to want and that a lot of people are going to want to buy at the price that you choose, especially the price that you choose to make a profit with. So people are complicated. So when I transitioned my thinking into, all right, I need to target companies, that's when I started making a true living off of my business. Um, I, I wish I knew that earlier. You know, I think the companies as customers is fairly obvious as to as to, as to why it's they're better than consumers. But just to give you a, a few reasons. One, I mean, they just have more money. 
you know, every quarter. For example, like right now, um, it's December and January is coming up and that's going to be the beginning of the first quarter. And the way they think most times for, for giant companies is, is every quarter they have, you know, budgets for different departments in their company. And the great thing about companies is that when you sell a service or a product to a company, the person you're selling it to most times aren't the people that's literally spending the money. Like they're not, they're not attached to the money as much as a consumer would be. You know, it's not coming out of their pockets. They have to care about the reputation and how well they manage someone else's money, but it's, they're not as emotionally uh, connected to it, especially if it's not a lot of money. And a lot of money is more around the 100000 200000 range. For a consumer, a lot of money is $100. So when you're creating a product or selling a product or service to a company, a little bit of money and a lot of money is, is very different. I mean, you know, free is almost equal to what, a consumer will pay $500 for. A company will be like, wow, that only $500? Okay, great. It's nothing to them. So overall, if you can sell a product or service to a company, you can sell it for thousands of dollars and potentially thousands of dollars every month if they continuously need that product or service. I mean, in theory, you can have one customer which is one company, sell them a service that will cost them $10,000 per month. And there you go. You made $10,000 per month um, for X amount of months that you agreed to with that company. And there goes a stabled income. If you get two more customers that pay $10,000 a month for the same thing, then now you got... $30,000 $30,000 per month. And you're already 70, 80% there to ongoing income. Of course, you need to think about how do you keep them renewing that contract or keep paying for years and years to come. But where if you were selling to consumers and you needed you know, 100,000 people to spend $10 per month, in this scenario, you only need maybe five customers to pay you $10,000 a month. So you see the difference there? It's pretty much night and day. So if it's possible to convert your product or service to offer to companies, really spend time thinking about how that's possible. If it isn't, then fine. But if you see that there's a way, it's worth exploring that. Because that might get you money a lot faster and long term. So the final, I'd say, perspective to adopt or, or just really principle is the idea of, I think this leans more towards time. It's, it's hiring other people. It's getting other people to do the work. I think I, I admit at first I had a tricky dilemma in my head about this concept because I felt like 
Hiring other people to do the, to do the work that I'm being paid to do feels almost like um, like a fraud almost like you know this company is paying my company to do work, but I guess I felt like they were paying me specifically to do the work. And what I struggled with understanding was that they're paying my company to do the work. That may not be hard to grasp for people who actually have employees, but for me, I didn't really have employees. It was just mainly just me creating the products and the services. So when it came time to hire uh, a developer or another contractor to help with the work, I'm like, ugh, like first of all, I felt you know, will they do a good job? Can I trust them? And I think that that was the biggest hurdle um, because, yeah, sometimes they're not going to do a good job. And sometimes you're going to get a little, uh, you know, scammed. Um, I think the faster you get started with that, the better, because when those things happen, number one, it's, it's worth having a backup plan for sure, just in case those things do happen. But number two, You'll be able to filter out people who are good to work with and those who are not. But at the same time, right now we live in a really good age where there's reviews for people's work. You know, um, there's a few websites where you can hire contractors that have reviews. Um, that helps out a lot, and um, that's what I would recommend you doing: is looking online and seeing, all right, who else can do this type of work that I can hire? Who has good reviews? The type of work can really almost be almost anything from collecting leads um, to responding to emails. I mean, you can outsource every single thing that you do to someone else. And the only way you can really do that is if you establish the second point that I made a moment ago, which is having uh, companies as clients, as customers, because they pay a lot more and they're willing to do they're willing to do stuff like give you half up front so like you can say hey you know this service is going to cost you ten thousand dollars and the company most times will be willing to pay you know half up front so you'll get five thousand dollars before the work is even started and now you can use a portion of that money to pay other people to do some of the work for you or if not all the work so yeah you're gonna have to share some of that money but at the same time you're getting way more money from a company than a consumer so that point should be already already solid what else can i say about um hiring people you know yeah i mean look again i i think that there is a struggle there is a sort of um headache when it comes to hiring people, um, especially if they're overseas. So I'll give you some a quick little tips when hiring people to avoid some of the headaches that you might encounter, and thus what you can do for your business. Number one, care about the time zone that they live in, because most projects have deadlines and things can come up suddenly. Um, and you might need to deliver something right away. So a client might say, hey, I need, I want to change this thing. Um, when can I have it done by? And if you're, if the person that you hired is 
you know, living somewhere where there's a, you know, almost a 24-hour time difference and they're sleeping at that time, then you, you're going to have to wait like 12 hours before you can deliver a small edit. So just pay attention to their time zone. The time zone really does matter. I didn't know that at first. and But now I know that, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be my exact time zone, but it's just something to consider. You know, you want to make sure that they're not too far into the future or the past um, in regards to time. Second is, you know, uh, the language barrier is super important. Um, you know, people, some people can get offended by things you might say be- because they just don't understand the context the way you do. So if you speak English and you're talking to someone who speaks Russian, you know, you just got to make sure that they can speak English correctly. Um, and that culturally they understand if you're an American, that things need, needs to be done fast. Um, this is contextual, though. I mean, I know that not all things need to be done fast, and not all Americans work in a certain way, and not all Russians work in a certain way, but I'm just giving you examples of how working with people from overseas and in different time zones can create unintended consequences that you may not foresee because you're just thinking about making a profit or spending less money on hiring someone. So, and that brings me to the, to, to the last point I want to make about this. You know, don't be greedy either. Um, be smart. You know, if you want to make a lot of money, then you can simply just charge the company, the, the company a lot, a lot of money. Um, you know, again, a lot of money in their eyes isn't a lot of money compared to how you may see it. To charge more than what you think you should charge, you know, honestly, I mean, don't overcharge, but, you know, charge a little bit more than what maybe you're used to. And and if they don't want to do it, then they don't. Then you go back down. Just don't be afraid to charge a little bit higher because when it comes to hiring people, you don't necessarily want to hire the cheapest one, you know, uh, because of the reasons that I mentioned. If they're in a different country or a different time zone or both, um... It can be more difficult to work with this person, even though most of the times those type of people under those conditions might charge you less money. So find a good balance. Don't, you know, I'm sure you can work it out, balance it out, think about all these conditions to uh, consider, and I think you'll be fine. So, overall, to recap number one, personal finance is key. I have a really simple guide to help you with that in my first episode called How uh, I think it's How to Never Go Broke Again. Pretty sure that's the title. Listen to that. I think it would be helpful. Number two, turn your customers into companies. If you can, I would desperately try to find a way to turn my product or service into something that I can offer companies, um, no matter what comp- type of business I do. And try hard, try to really find a way. But again, if you can't, then fine. Number three, just hire people to do some of the work. It'll, it'll give you more time for yourself. And sometimes you might see that some people can do better work than you can. Um, so 
those are three ways I uh, have noticed that has helped me create a sustainable business. Um, you know, I, I want to clarify the third point, hiring people and how that relates to creating a sustainable business because it may not be clear. In order to make money every month, especially in this structure that I've created where you are uh, working with companies, um, you need extra time to spend and you need to make room for more clients. So once you get the fund, the fundamentals down, like personal finance, you know what to do to do with the money when, once you get it, and you know who to get money from, which is companies, then you have to make time. Because after all, I mean, what's the point of making money if you can't even enjoy it? But second of all, you want to make time for other clients potentially. So right now at this point, if I wanted to, I can have maybe 10 clients running at the same time. And I would be hiring maybe 10 or 20 different uh, contractors to help me with each project. But I can have that going because I have so much time now because I'm not the one that's personally doing the work anymore. I'm, in essence, a manager now, almost like a middleman. So... I hope that's mostly clear. You know, as some of you know, I do these podcast episodes literally just coming out the top of my head. I don't write a script. I don't uh, really think about what I'm going to say before I even say it. I kind of just go with what I'm feeling and, and what comes to mind in the moment. This is an unfiltered voice journal, so to speak, of my thoughts. So... Anyways, hope that's helpful. My voice might sound a little funny because I am recovering from a sore throat. So hopefully it doesn't sound too off, but if it does, that's the reason why. Anyways, if you found this podcast episode helpful, please share it. It's helpful for me. Um, The more listeners I get, the more obligated I feel to make more episodes more often. And... um, you know, and, and, and that leads to my point where now another reason why to hire people is you'll have extra time for new clients to enjoy your life, but also to do other things like create a podcast that may not make money at first, but might make money later or may never make money, but you enjoy doing it. So anyways, I'm Josh Bocanegra. Thanks for listening.